This is the audio podcast, episode 103. What a noisy flap. Recorded February the 12th, 2014. Hello. Oh. I'm Samuel Freeman. That was Scott Hewitt. And Adam Yanchi's here as well, yet again. Hello, Adam. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you, Sam. And of course, as with every show, we are online. We are broadcasting to you via the magical medium of YouTube, but we're also available as a podcast from iTunes and from Gpodder, and we also have some other contact details, don't we, Scott? Yep, you can find out find out how to contact us at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, and the show notes for today are at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 103. With that done, shall we get into the news? Yeah, straight into the news. And what's up first? We have Art and Super Collider Compressor. What's the ART? I think that's not Super That's not Super Collider. That's ART. Why not? ART, the hardware manufacturer, and I guess their compressor is called the SC2. Is it Super Collider compatible? Is it? Well, it is in the essence that all hardware is. <laughs> that was a fantastic opening gambit. This is going to be a great show. <laughs> I, I, my camera's in a complete mess. So I'm just going to shift my camera. This is going to be a fantastic show. I can feel. I can tell already. <sighs> yeah. So Art has indeed announced the the SC2, which is a compressor. Um, cool. I guess the cool feature I thought about it is it's a it it is kind of built as a two channel compressor. But when you take a reading, obviously two channel means it's stereo, and it does actually have a stereo balance control. Um in it, so you can actually balance left-right across the stereo, which is cool, because a lot of compressors don't have an explicit left-right stereo balance kind of thing to them. You can obviously always balance them by changing the kind of makeup stages or the input stages, but this actually has an explicit left-right, so I thought that was, that's kind of cool. Okay, yep, I, I could ask more about that, but you might not know. Like, how is that going to affect, is that on the output or the input? Is that affecting the amount of compression it's doing to each thing? The, it's, what is it balancing? I mean, apart from left-right, at what stage is it balancing? I, I, I don't know explicitly, but it will be either the, the, it will be either the input, it's either the input or the output. It, it has the typical kind of setup where you, you know, you press the button and it links the compressor on the right channel is now controlled by the same parameters on the left channel, so... It's not varying the compression across the channels. It's just the actual makeup volume. I presume it's going to be the out. Which well, it's there's an argument for both ways actually, isn't there? To say that you presume it was on the output, but maybe you you would want the input to be matched so the compression effects were the same, wouldn't you? Rather than the non, rather than the differently compressed signal coming out and then being gain matched, I think. In my mind, that's how you'd want that, wouldn't you? You'd want the inputs to be matched, input input volume matched. Yeah, I I agree. I'm just my head's now wondering whether or not experimenting with signal paths, perhaps not with this particular hardware, but in general, and seeing what how difference would you know what difference would that make if you to the to the compression sign. Anyway, I'd probably digress too far. Should we move on? Fair enough. Fair Is enough. Adam still there? Yes. I'm still here. I'm still he, here. he just went bing. Well, how about a job? It is very rare, you know, as as the joke always was, you know, in the audio industry, what's your what's your first day, you know? There's always lots of jokes about getting fast food industry and stuff like this. But we actually have a jo- an actual legitimate job opportunity to report to people, but only for a, a portion of our global audience. 
only for the American side of our audience. Did either of you see this kind of do the rounds? No. 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 <laughs> there we go. Fantastic. The, uh, the well, th th there you go. But the uh, the United States Navy band is looking for a sound engineer. Yeah. Well, so that's it, cool. That's cool. I mean, where is that in the states? Uh, I believe it's Washington D.C. Though, obviously, I believe it. You you would travel with the Navy band as duties were were required of you. I I I I kind of tried to make some inquiries and then established that not being American made it would make it very very impractical. And then I even tried to make inquiries <laughs> on the basis of some of a kind of press press relationship, which seemed they and I haven't really got any reply like that. So I was trying to work out if you were required to undergo some sort of basic training and saying, is this a you know. Are you going to have an SM58 in your pocket and an assault rifle on your back? Is that how it's? Is, is that how this is going to work out? But I couldn't find out explicitly. Um, but I thought that was. I thought it was cool. I'm saying that's an unusual job. We're not advertising every job that happens. I've, I get a few people every now and again email me about jobs, and I don't figure that anybody wants to really hear about badly paid jobs for uninteresting for companies. But you know, I thought this was a little bit quirky and a little bit different and worth mentioning. Maybe apparently you guys are. Maybe not the same opinion. Maybe you're more interested in shifting VSTs. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from this uh, one that we're going to mention, which is a free download, uh, it's the pitch. Is it pitched D? Pitch D or pitched or uh, I don't know. It's by WOK and it's a free download uh, or a, a buy the developer a coffee download uh, and a 32-bit one for Windows. Which basically means that it's of no use to me. <laughs> yeah. Next story. Fair enough. In which case, uh, I, well, th this isn't a Windows issue, so it works for Windows or OS X. But um, Hiss and the Raw have uh, released the monkey vocal sound effects. Would this be something of use to you, Sam? Um, this is. I, I usually notice when ahead of time on the Hiss and Raw things, actually. Is this a crowdsourced one again or not? Sometimes in the past they've like solicited people to submit things to Hiss and Raw, but, on, but they, this is, I'm, I'm interested in the idea of this. Yes is the answer, and I'm surprised I didn't know about it. Usually I'm aware of these things ahead of their release, and this one is like news to me, so I'm excited about the idea of monkey vocals. Well, this is um. You can hear the SoundCloud samples, uh, which which are linked there for the audition. There, 24-bit, 192k files, as you would expect from Hiss and Raw. And um, apparently, this is a. Is it Maku monkeys from the island of Shodosuna or something? That's it. There, there is, as you would expect, a collection of videos <laughs> and a whole load of material, which will you know kind of tell you the story of how this came to exist and things like that. Which I thought that's cool. Isn't it great that people like sample everything? It's just, it's just awesome. <laughs> Am I completely mad? Have like did did I mean on the specific issue that is? His and Raw have done crowdsourced libraries before, haven't they? Or have I, I just like completely made that up? I, I think I'm thinking they, of, like the doors and the dogs, maybe. I I think they have. Yes, I seem I seem to remember something like that. Though I wouldn't. I I'd be willing to share your delusion. But that doesn't mean we're necessarily both correct. <laughs> okay, I, I apologize. Not... Okay. Yeah. Ad Adam is just Ad Adam is not going to venture any opinion on this matter. <laughs> Quite clearly, the case. Uh, it's, it's monkey noises. 
do you think people do you think people would be interested in a sample library of my life of like a day in my life or something like that? I could just record a day of my life. Kind of like an place. audio version of Twitter kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that you're one of those. Scott, how do, how does your life uh, audio wise, sonically, how does your life differ from say Sam's life or my life? Well, I, I have a different set of sound effects is probably the main but it, difference. But if it's just the sound of you making a cup of tea and then saying, oh, I'm going out, bye, and then shutting the door, and anyone could make those. Uh... Ev everywhere I go, Adam, orchestral music plays in the background. It's really quite annoying. Oh, well, there you go. It's an instant hit. Why, why haven't you done this sound collection yet? Well, I've, I'm always thinking of other things I could be doing. Okay, is is one of those things you could be doing playing with the Ableton Push? Uh, yes, controller? I guess it could be. Ah, very good, <laughs> uh, because luckily it, 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 we've got an article, Scott, that will help you with that, and I can see that you put it up, so you already know about it. But yeah, there's a uh, an article from is it uh, Dubspot? Yep. That basically goes through a number of uh, ways that you can extend the uh, use or extend the Ableton Push controller. Um, uh, lots of YouTube videos which kind of take you through step by step different things you can do. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I, if if you have a if you if you have a push controller and you've had one from when they were first launched, then it you know it struck me that this is a very well timed kind of article and kind of list of alternative things to do because you know we, we were talking about controllers last week a little bit as well weren't we but you get a controller you play with it for a bit you kind of get a little bored of what it you know of, of things of what it, or feel you've re used things too much and you decide to you know start doing something else don't you and it struck me here this is a great idea you know here's a great selection of other things you could do with this piece of you know this control surface that you have mm. and you know I, I think they are, they're all kind of complementary to the kind of things that you probably be wanting to do with it so I thought it was a great choice I thought it was I mean, a cool article and I liked it. The, the last uh, the last set of videos that they it looks like one video, but there's actually like four or five videos in the last one uh, for PXT General. That was that one I had a decent watch through, and it's basically all about you know how how you can actually use the push controller with um, well it's this software I think the software is called PXT General, um, and it's like a layer, but it allows you to connect up to um, DAWs that uh, conform to the Mackie control standard and and other kinds of stuff. So it also gives you a, a better idea of what the push is capable of, as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you you know that piece of hardware, the push just looks amazing, doesn't it? It just looks so good looking. Like you just want it there on your desk, and even if you never used it, you'd come into your studio and and look at it and be like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I like that. But um, also, it looks like something that is really fun to use if you actually do use one. I'm, yeah, they, I'm, temp I'm tempted. The, the, the pushes are cool. I've had a play with one. I was really, I was really quite impressed. But you know, you might prefer the uh, the, the more wood wooden effect of the kind of monohome as well, though. And you know, the, the monohome for me is our current version of the the, the Lemur interfaces. You know, nothing screams, "I have a whole load of money I don't need." Then you know, monohomes and Lemurs littering your studio. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Although the if you don't buy the push with the with live software, it's actually not hugely expensive. It's a few hundred pounds, but you know you get a pretty solid piece of hardware for that. You've also got the Novation controllers that look 
very similar, the launch pads. And there's also machines, the machine ones as well. Machine Studio looks amazing. Yeah, that's true. That oh, does look really great. Please let's Sam, move you on. have been you have been silent silent as we went through this. Take us into the next bit. Well, perhaps you want to use your um, push controller to control some string sounds. Maybe you could pluck sounds <laughs> or bow sounds with the pushing and turning abilities. Um, well, if so, there's a wonderful plugin available from Audio Thing. It's called Strings. <sighs> It's actually a sample-based plugin, um, which is amusing to me because it's um, got samples of synthesized strings. So you can have samples of synth string sounds played through a VST or AU plugin. Wonderful. Um, over 50, no, 50 instruments, including auto harp, toy harp, ukulele, bowed violin, bass, etc. Excellent. There you and you might load that VST into your newly updated version of Cubase, as Cubase have released the, an update. So Cubase uh, 7.5.10 is available, and Cubase Artist 7.5.10 is available as well. Completely free to download, two maintenance updates. And did I pick, oh yeah, the and it fixes issues with Mixed Console, project management, and from the writing itself, some plugins. I thought that was a fantastic. <laughs> Scott, while we're on the subject of software updates, is is there a is there a logic update? Has there been a logic update since last week? I, I don't believe so. Oh, terrible! Oh, terrible! There has been no Pro Tools update either, though. But I, Pro Tools have probably taken a week off. You know, I'm saying you you know, you know it's you only want to do an update every other week. I think's ideal. Yeah, That's the They've gone on holiday, schedule. haven't they? Like <laughs> the logic people have probably have been on holiday since about December. And they're probably not due back until April. Something like that, I know. How about you? We haven't had a new Endo update for the a thing, while, actually. Before we move on. <laughs> sorry, Sam. Anyway, this, this fix. It's all right. I'm just. I'm thinking about this fixes problems with some plugins because this is Steinberg, and if they're VST plugins, like Steinberg are the people who define the VST standards. So, why are they changing things to make some plugins work when surely they they should have the the framework like de facto exactly as it should be and everybody else should be changing to fit with them. I mean does this mean they got their own standard wrong? Is that, is that what's happened? It's yeah, possible. You know, I think different people come up with there'll be a set of people who come up with the standard and then there'll be a set of people who have to implement it. So there might be just little things. And it's complicated as well. It's not just processing, but there's automation and I think VST three is quite a complicated uh, old bit of thing. It, it's a fine. Ones. It's a fine tradition within computing as well to have the you know the standard represents what what you intend to do, but in reality you do something which was expedient for time or cost less or whatever, and eventually you will implement the uh, you know things for the future, as they say. So well, the main thing to say is that Steinberg continue to release updates for Cubase where Apple are pretty slow at updating their logic which is still very buggy. I'm going to say this every week until it, until it's fixed and it probably will never be fixed so maybe can we have a new section in the show before other can we have a section uh, Adam Yanch talks about logic updates we, 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 we could have it as a regular post it would be kind of fun actually we, but to, to make it useful for people, we should probably report on everybody, like do it as a full kind of thing. Let, let's look in that. That is something that needs to be automated or becomes incredibly dull and boring to do by week two. 
Yeah. <laughs> but let's see if we can find an automated way of holding that information, in which case we will have that as information that we will, that we will have. That has, however, brought us to the end of the news. We're heading to the other section, and the other section is actually all about an update as well, Mr. Adam Yatch. No, I'm kidding. I'm back. <laughs> uh, yes, um, many moons ago, we probably mentioned my uh, iOS iPhone app, Futures EP, on the show, probably back in June 2012. Sometime like that, which is when it was released originally. But was yeah, it not, um, was it was it not a uh, discussed on BBC Radio as well? Oh, brrr, it was mentioned on um, BBC Six, BBC Radio Six. Thank you, Lauren Laverne. Thank you, Stuart Dredge. Um, but anyway, yes, Adam, <laughs> I, I, I've been working the last couple of months. I've revamped the whole app, so it looks completely different now. Uh, it's got some more media more about uh, the project it was originally connected to, and it works for the um, the, the taller iPhone screen, the 4-inch iPhone screen. So iPhone 5, 5S, uh, and it will run on anything that uh, uses iOS 7. So, yeah, head on to uh, the iOS store, and you can download that. That's free. Free. Awesome. And if you want to hear more about the Futures EP, what it is and what it says, you can go check out the audio podcast slash show. That um, slash 62 is when we interview Jan Shi. 62. Wow. 62. 41 episodes ago. 41 episodes ago. That's, uh... And how we've all changed. That's more than 20 hours of audio podcast. Now, so... there's one thing that I didn't put into Futures EP, guys. And that is a sound effect along these lines. It's plunder time. So we make it into plunder. I'm picking up a bit of an echo from somewhere. We have to to bug test our way for the setup one day. Let's not worry about that for now. So first of all, though, did you know it is 30 years of Steinberg? No, I did not know. That's cool. I knew it was 30 years of Apple. So 1984, have I got 30 years right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 30, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's 30, yeah, years yeah, it's... 30 years of Mac, that's what I meant. Yeah, so ni- 1984 was the year that Steinberg came into existence, and um, I thought that was kind of cool. So I've linked to a history article from Music Radar, which is a couple of years old, so the new stuff is out of date, but the old stuff is right up to date, and hopefully that will be of interest to, um, to, to people. Now, there's something else I'm planning on doing. So this is advance warning for you guys. Okay. And for everybody else, I've got a cat attacking me at the moment here. This is advance warning, but in honor of this celebration, I'm planning on having a quiz. So there, there is going to be a test your knowledge Steinberg quiz in a few weeks' time. Oh, okay. Not right now. <sighs> Sam's going to awesome. win because Sam's a Cubase guy. Yeah, but it's this is going to be an audio podcast style of quiz. I'm saying we're, we're only loosely interested in keyboard shortcuts. Not only is he on the door platform that gets the most updates, he's also going to completely blitz the Cubase quiz, the Steinberg quiz. <laughs> I don't, I don't have the latest version of Cubase. I'm running like AI5. I haven't even bought the whole thing. I use a version that came free with my Yamaha audio recorder. <laughs> well, okay, maybe. Uh, let's see then. Let's see. <laughs> We will see how it... Uh, there you go. But I just wanted to warn you guys that this is 
this is something that's going to that's something that's going to happen there. But um, I'm I excited that, about that, Scott. That was kind of cool. I thought yeah. that was awesome stuff. There will be obviously some clues on our notes and obviously things like that as well. But I thought that was awesome, and I hadn't realized. But the significance in 1984, we talk about Cubase as being the people who established and founded VST, which you are correct. But also, 1984 for the release of a MIDI tracker is pretty impressive as well, date-wise. Mm. If you think about it, that is. It is. That's. That's only what, a year after. Yeah. Like, it's right off, right off the heel of the thing. Mm. So I thought that was cool. Right off anyway, the there we go. Of the thing. Let's let's uh, quote that, shall we? Indeed, so. So I, just just passing through this another piece of plunder here. Just passing through it quickly here. But if you don't know how to stop your Mac going making a squelchy noise when you change volume, there's a link to some uh, link to some notes for how to do it with Mavericks. Um, you should have this done by default. This is this is like the thing you. Sh whenever you get a new Mac, the first thing you should do is turn off the squelchy noises out of your volume control. Um, you know, there you go. So I have this policy. Like some people I, like it. Yeah, no, nobody likes it. It's utterly useless. Utterly useless. And it gets louder. It becomes fully normalized when you get to full volume. I'm saying that's just a... Well, no, the whole point is that it changes volume with the volume that it's set to, so you can tell how loud it is. But, I, well, but if, we, you've got it, if you've got it to defaulting off, you can. there's a key command, there's a key combination you can hold to make it do it on the rare occasion that you do want it to do it, which can be useful for sound checking. If, you want, if you've got to perform and you've got zero sound check, you can just make audio. I mean, it's useful for us because, of course, we, we're uh, laptop performers, so it's absolutely vital that we do that, unless, the, unless we want to use that sound in whatever we're, music we're creating. But yes, good idea, get your squelchy noises off because um, they, it, it might just ruin everything. That, that, that's very true. I, as a complete aside, I did actually have a student last week who had created a Max patch and failed to create a snare sound, but had successfully made the Apple's volume control squelch instead, which I thought was quite nice. But um, there we go. That, that is a complete aside. Let's move on. Adam, I know that you've taken a look at this because you were uh, interacting on the Facebook page. Interestingly, uh, interestingly, someone else sent me a link to this a couple of days before I saw it on uh, the audio podcast Facebook uh, but yes, so uh, Luke Phillips has designed, and if you've got the, if you've got your YouTube viewer up now is the time to look at the screen, uh, has designed an audio theremin online. For those people watching the uh, video, what those people listening on the audio, Adam has done some air quotes. I did some air quotes there because over the word theremin, yes. Over the word theremin, because basically, no, it's not a theremin. It's a it's a synthesizer thing. And what's the thing is, I don't want to detract from it because what it actually is is a way of creating sound using the Web Audio API, um, which is uh, you know supported in a number of browsers. But it's not really a theremin because really the whole point of a theremin is the disconnection between the physical disconnection between the player and the instrument. It's being able to marshal a sound by moving your hand through the air. And this doesn't do that. So awesome there you go. It sounds like a theremin just because it's, it, it's You can go you, you can get the link, go play for yourself and decide if you think it's a theremin or not a theremin or whether a theremin describes what it is or what it isn't and all these sort of things. 
it's fun that the web web audio is obviously something that we've been talking about on the audio podcast forever. Oh yep. yeah, since yeah. episode one, in fact. <laughs> I can't remember episode one. You weren't there, Adam. Oh, no. So sad. <laughs> yeah, I think we've. Uh, we're, we're so, Sam, we're so were you wanting in on that, or are we just? Are I we did. Just, I did want it in on that. We have it got covered. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was would have commented on the Facebook as well, but um, I couldn't work out how to comment on the audio podcast page as myself. I could have commented as the audio podcast, but seeing as Scott had already been doing that as the audio podcast oh. voice, but let's be a second voice coming through the same. I couldn't work it out. I don't know if it's even possible. But anyway, that's like just technology aside. What I would have said would be. What did Leo Theremin call a theremin? He didn't call it a theremin. A theremin's not even called a theremin. Well, isn't his real name Leo Termin? Termin, yeah, and not Leo. Also, isn't it like, isn't it? Is it Lev? I thought it was Leo. It might be Leo. Was he not a? Did he not escape from Russia? Is that not part of the narrative of this story? I I don't know. I'm just. Maybe his name is Leon. Maybe. Maybe so. well, well, what was cool. it originally called, Sam? Sorry. Did we get well, I, ca- I can't quite remember. I, I, I oh, posed it as a question. So oh. it's, it's open as a question. I'll solicit responses to this. But the problem is that it doesn't matter what he called it. Everyone else calls it a theremin. So. We have a new, <laughs> we have a new audio podcast feature. Let's have question, <laughs> quiz questions. Audio tech <laughs> quiz questions. Taking on from our fine lineage of Max Charades, which, let's face it, was awesome. <laughs> let's move on to Quiz Questions, oh, the okay. audio podcast quiz feature. This will be something that should go after Plunder, though. I think it's it's a post-Plunder activity. So right, it's well, like news is worth... Look, we have interviews and reviews at the start of the show. News. Then we get to the tenuous other section. Plunder, by which point most people have stopped. And for the true hardcore, they can get... The audio podcast quiz question at the end. It's going to be fantastic. Of which there is the only prize is the knowledge that you got the question right. So here's I've got a question then. So Sam put a question there. Uh, Scott, we're, you're going to do questions on something else in a few weeks' time. Okay, here's my question. Uh, what version number of Logic did Apple buy eMagic? Ooh, what a question. Can I, I put a guess in right away? I don't even know the answer to that. You can my, if you want. <laughs> my guess, my my guess is, is it the is it the one that they, is it the version they were on when they bought it or the first one that they released? The the version they were on when they bought it. They're basically, I mean, effectively, they, the last E Magic version. I think I think the last E Magic version may have been five point something, five point eight. I'm gonna. That's my guess. I, I'm not so sure. I think it's I think it's a four. Oh no, maybe not. Oh, it's hard to say. Here, here is my question. I have a question for, right. for our listeners here. How many pins? No. How many connect? How many cables can you? How many cable terminators are there in an XLR socket? Cable terminators. <laughs> Oh, they're in an XLR ca- in the XLR cable socket used by a microphone because there are multiple yes. different types of XLR. Yes. What a, when you say cable terminator? Places that you can solder a cable to. Oh, oh. oh okay. Hmm. Game on. 
Game, Game on. on. There we go. We will attempt to remember our questions and bring answers next week, perhaps. Yes, we've gone. I went back. Hello. You're there, Sam. You're there. You're there. Cool. Sorry. Okay. Bye. So we've well, made we it. We will have forgotten this. From next week. We, we can back. get them from the end of the show. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> we can get them from. So we will put our, our for questions in. And promises sake, I just and we we rushed through the um, other section. I'm happy to hold mine, but last week I was um, I was baited to have a my tip, which I did have ready, but I didn't put the post in. So we can talk about that next week for next cable week. tidying. Pull that in the other for next week. There we go. So next week on the audio podcast, we will have cable tidying tips, the answers to our three questions, plus a whole load of other news, and also hopefully. Some information about a collection of interviews we're setting up for the very near future. We have a couple of really cool guests coming up, which is going to be awesome as well. But with that said, I think we have made it to the conclusion of show 103 of the audio podcast. Don't forget, you can find out all about us at theaudiopodcast.co.uk. If you like the show, why not hit subscribe in YouTube or subscribe in iTunes? It's really cool if you do that. It's just nice for us to know. That's uh, nice. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter at the audio podcast and Facebook. That's right. I, I've been Scott Hewitt, and I've had a blast this show. I'm Samuel Freeman. And I am and will continue to be Adam Yanch. Terminate. Terminate.